unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm excited to be back on the show with you. Yeah, me too. Um, it's always fun when, when we talk, and I'm, I'm really excited about this topic, too. You know, we're recording today, a few days after the Super Bowl, and I'd like to talk about the most admired and most hated athlete in America, same person, Tom Brady. People seem to run very hot and very cold about him. Personally, I like him. Uh, he lived in my part of the country, Northern California, earlier in his life. He graduated from the same college, University of Michigan, I did. He used to come back here to the Bay Area summers to work with Tom Martinez as a personal quarterback coach. And Martinez was also a football coach at College of San Mateo, where legendary 49ers coach Bill Walsh once played football royalty. Okay. And you have every right to ask, what in the world? Does that have to do with copywriting? Well, here's what I know about Tom Brady's secret frustration. And what I know is not from any inside information, but just from a fact of life, which also affects copywriters. Tom Brady's work ethic is not the only reason for his incredible success. It's also his patience when he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked without seeing any progress. And then one day, Shazam, a breakthrough. There's a brick wall that he kept running into when he worked and worked and worked without seeing any progress. And it's the same brick wall we all run into if we want to get really good at something. Then one day the door seems to magically open and you break on through to the other side. So we'll talk about that brick wall today and I'll lay out a formula for getting through it. What you need to know to get to the next level of copywriting, wherever you are. I mean, including the A-listers that are listening to this and including the beginners. But first, here's what you need to hear and get on the other side of in order to learn this formula. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance, business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So the brick wall I was referring to has a technical name among those of us who study it and those of us who coach people for performance improvement. It's called the plateau. Now, when you're climbing a mountain, you know, you're climbing a mountain and there are stretches of the path where you're moving upward, and then there are stretches of land on your path that are flat. You have to move across these flat areas to get to the next part where the path continues upward. And in geography, that flat area is known as a plateau, and that's where the term comes from. So we talked about George Leonard's book, Mastery, a few shows ago. And he has a chapter in the book titled Loving the Plateau. In that chapter, he writes, the achievement of goals is important, 
We are taught in countless ways to value the product, the prize, the climactic moment. In other words, the end result, the goal. But even after we've caught the winning pass in the Super Bowl, there's always tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. If our life is a good one, a life of mastery, most of it will be spent on the plateau. If not, a large part of it may be spent in restless, distracted, ultimately self-destructive attempts to escape the plateau. And the question remains, and this is still George Leonard talking, where in our upbringing, our schooling, our career, are we explicitly taught to value, to enjoy, even to love the plateau, the long stretch of diligent effort with no seeming progress? It's a good question, the one that George Leonard asks, and I'll hazard a guess. Most people aren't taught to value or even love the plateau. And when it comes to copywriting, that may be the number one reason people give up on trying to get really good at it. Yet, you've got to. Putting it in the darkest terms, I'll quote Winston Churchill. When you're going through hell, keep going. And it's amusing, and it's easy to focus on the word hell. But I'm here to tell you today to focus on four other words instead. Going through and keep going. Now, to get a little clearer on the concept, a plateau is not writer's block. It's not burning out. No, a plateau is where you keep working on what you're doing, and it seems like you're making no progress. We'll talk about what that looks like, what you need to know about plateaus that will help you keep going and realize all is not lost, to coin a phrase, but, and that's what we copywriters do, you know, we coin phrases, the best is yet to come. So I'm going to talk about two types of plateaus and how they show up. For copywriters, there are two broad categories. Um, both of them can be troubling, especially if you're not used to it. <clears throat> you haven't taken the pledge and decided to love the plateau. But um, this is important. One is a lot easier. One is a lot easier to identify, to know with confidence when it's over, at least until the next one. The first kind of plateau has to do with things that are clearly measurable. For example, if you're getting an opt-in rate of 10%, 10%, 10%, and then one day it jumps to 20% and it holds on several different pages, then you've left the 10% plateau and you're in the 20% plateau. It doesn't mean you'll be on the 20% plateau for a while, that you might be, probably will be, might slip back down to 10, but you've definitely made progress. And that's the great thing about measurable stuff. You can know by the numbers. Other measurable things are conversion rates, average order value, how fast you write, anything that can be counted or calculated. However, as you know, if you write copy, that's only one side of copywriting. The second kind of plateau has to do with things that are not so measurable. For example, how good your bullets are how captivating your stories are, how effective your headlines are. You can find some of these things out with split tests to some degree, headlines certainly, maybe eye-tracking software or heat maps. But for the most part, it's harder to know if you're making progress in these areas. And this is where feedback from someone with a good deal more in-the-trenches experiences than you have 
can really help. If you're fairly new and you ask someone else who's fairly new to evaluate your progress, what are they going to base their assessment on? You can't be as confident in what they tell you as you can when someone who's been around the block a few times takes a while to think about it and gives you an informed assessment. That's where experience comes in. So I was reading, um, again, it was in George Leonard's book about Chuck Yeager. We talked about him, I think, the last time I talked about George Leonard. And this is different information than I had before. Chuck Yeager was asked, what's the right stuff? And he said, well, there, there are a couple of things. One is when he broke the sound barrier as a test pilot, um, the day before he'd been riding a horse, he fell off the horse and he hurt his shoulder. And because he hurt his shoulder, when he got in the cockpit of the plane, he couldn't raise up his arm to close the cockpit. So he did what any good test pilot would do. He got a broom handle and he, you know, MacGyvered it so that he could close the cockpit. And then he went off and broke the sound barrier. I mean, that's one way of looking at the right stuff. Like just freaking figure out a way to get it done and do it. But what Jaeger said in his book is, the only thing I can say is experience. Experience is the right stuff. And um, sounds pretty glib. It's pretty profound. Experience makes a difference. You know, when you're young and you don't have a lot of experience, you tend to discount it. When you get older, you know better. Okay, um, let's see. So let's dive a little deeper into plateaus and see how they work. This may help you if you are feeling stuck week after week, and you'd like to know if there's any relief. Now, the next two books, I don't have physical copies with me, but they're available on Amazon as Kindles or physical copies, and we'll put links in the show notes. Uh, James Clear wrote an amazing book called Atomic Habits. Um, You think you've read everything about habits, you know everything about habits, you need to read this book because you haven't and you don't. Um, I mean, I thought I did, and I I read it. It just blew me away. There's so, so much good stuff in there. He talks about the plateau a little bit in the book. Not much, but a little bit. He says, complaining about not achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about an ice cube not melting when it is heated from 25 degrees to 31 degrees. Your work is not wasted. It's just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees. And that area from 25 degrees to 31 degrees Clear has a name for this. He calls it the plateau of latent potential. He writes, when you finally break through the plateau of latent potential, people will call it an overnight success. The outside world only sees the most dramatic event rather than all that preceded it. But you know it's the work you did long ago when it seemed like you weren't making any progress. I'm trying to underline those words. When it seemed like you weren't making any progress, That work makes the jump possible today. Personally, I remember this. I remember years and years of writing copy, rewriting the world's greatest headlines, listening to seminars from Gary Halbert and other great teachers, trying, 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 not breaking through, trying, 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 not breaking through. Then one day, J. Conrad Levinson, the world's best-selling marketing author, invites me to write a book with him. I start hanging out at his house in San Rafael, California, overlooking the Bay Bridge and and the Bay, 
John Carlton, who I had met years ago, but I just met more as a, a peer, um, invites me to give a seminar with him and then starts inviting me to be his wingman at lots of seminars. Um, I remember my sales letters start racking up millions and millions and millions of dollars of sales. It didn't happen right away, but it seemed like it happened all at once when it started to happen. You see, I was an overnight success after decades of hard work and many, many plateaus. So there was a scientist pioneering. There is, he's still alive. He's an amazing guy, pioneering scientist who whose work really made plateaus and the overall process of mastery accessible, understood. The guy's name is Kay Anders Erickson. Uh, he's the guy whose work was oversimplified and actually distorted by Malcolm Gladwell and Outliers. And other, there are other books talk about his stuff, but he described it, you know, for example, 10,000 hours doesn't apply to everything. It applies to children who study violin and ballet. Uh, there are different numbers for different, different activities. Anyway, he wrote in his groundbreaking book, Anders did, Anders Erickson did, the book Peak, P-E-A-K. Um, he says, when you first start learning something new, it is normal to see rapid or at least steady improvement. So when you first get started, it's normal to see rapid or steady improvement. When that improvement stops, it is natural to believe you've hit some sort of implacable limit. A lot of people just say, well, that's it. Okay, I learned it. So you stop trying to move forward and you settle down to life on that plateau. This is the major reason that people in every area stop improving. We could just go over those two paragraphs and that's the whole podcast. We're not, we're going to talk about more than that, but let me rephrase at least what he just said. At first, you're making rapid improvements. You may even get good pretty fast, but then you stop seeing such rapid gains or you stop seeing any gains and your progress comes to screeching halt. If you stop working hard to get better, that's as far as you'll ever get. If you want to get better, you're going to have to work harder and wait longer than you did when you first started out. But the good news is, if you can hang in there, long enough. It really is lonely at the top. You're not going to have a lot of competition. You may have a lot of fans and you may have a lot of peers in other areas of activity, business, profession, practice, but you'll, you know, there's, there's one copywriter I know personally who, who sold $90 million worth of stuff just with his sales letters. I don't know anyone else these days who's even close. And he definitely embodies everything we're talking about today. Most people won't keep doing the hard work, but if you do sooner than later, and usually later rather than sooner, you'll rise to the top of whatever it is that you're working on. So Michael Masterson, Mark Ford, in his book, Ready, Fire, Aim, he has an analogy. He's talking about business ownership, but I think it applies to this. He's talking about trying to get a, a locomotive started, and it's on just a, a very slight downhill slant. And for the first little while or so, it feels like it's a plateau. You're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're not getting anywhere. But eventually, you'll get to the point where that momentum starts to pile on itself. And then 
it becomes easier and it becomes easier. And you might hit another part, another spot on the track where you hit a plateau, but it's the same thing that you said. If you keep pushing through, you'll eventually get to that part where you hit the downhill and you start speeding. And it, it's how it's how business works, but it is also how um, improving in any kind of uh, skill, especially copywriting works. The other thing that I wanted to say, you brought up three books today. None of them had anything to do with copywriting. And I think that that's one of the things that, I mean, we've got like the Boron letters and we've got breakthrough copywriting. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we've got all these books by uh, great copywriters from the past and from the present, uh, scientific advertising and all of these books. But stepping outside of copywriting and reading some books from other areas can also help lead to those breakthroughs. I know uh, Wired for Writing or Wired for Story was one of those books that drastically improved my copywriting and it has nothing to do with copywriting sometimes even a fiction book will give me breakthroughs on how to improve my copywriting so uh the three books that you mentioned today i I just wanted to make a note none of them have anything to do with copywriting but they can all lead to breakthroughs in your copywriting yeah that's 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 a great point thank you for mentioning it do you have a problem with kindle books i do Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Let's talk now about what you can do when you're on a plateau. Now, I've got five ideas here. They're kind of interrelated, not quite as clear-cut as a normal five-steps list, but um, they're all very doable. So now you have a working idea of what a plateau is, how it works, and now what should you do about it? Well, here, here are five options. If you're on a plateau, this is sort of the, the option. If you're on a plateau and you want to get better, just have patience and keep going. That's pretty simple. Now, if you want to get better faster, and a lot of people do, you need to understand a couple things. One, there's no shortcuts, no cheat codes in mastery. But number two, there are a few ways to speed things up. You still have to go through the steps, but you can go through them a little faster. And so here's one of those ways. You can get coaching from someone who's experienced in your field, skilled coach like me. There there are others. Um, Of course, I recommend myself. Um, Number three, another thing you can do is learn on a project-by-project basis with a collaborator, a co-writer, someone you're going to share the fee with, uh, someone who's going to do some of the work, Um, more than a copy chief, someone who's actually going to get in there and and write and and take some ownership and and get some rewards. Um, You want to get someone who's more experienced than you, who's better at it than you are, 
you got to swallow your pride a little bit to do that, maybe. And also someone you can get along with, that's really important because copywriters, some of us are just wonderful and some of us are just not so wonderful. And also someone who's willing to explain what they're doing as they do it. Some people do it and don't want to talk about it. But if you want to move forward, you need someone to explain what they're doing so you can learn from the experience. Number four, there is an efficient way to speed things up that you can use by yourself, with a coach, with a collaborator. And this is called deliberate practice. Um, I think Anders Ericsson brought this term into common parlance, but it's a a very good word, very good phrase. Deliberate practice means finding the particular skills within copywriting that are hard for you, but would give you a lot of leverage if you got better at them. And you don't work on everything. You really work on those, and it's painful. Um, It's difficult. You'll struggle with it, but this is the struggle that pays off. Um, If you work more in those areas than on your copywriting as a whole, it's more than likely that this will help you um, move through a plateau to a breakthrough a little faster if you can confidently identify what those areas are correctly. And then there is one, number five, one other solution that allows you to play above your skill level. And it's not for everyone. And it doesn't cost you any money. And it could help you get better results before you get off the plateau. But it is going to involve a lot of work. And that is you work longer and harder than you think you should have to. Write the same sales letter twice or three times. You double the number of headlines you normally write to choose one. You triple the number of bullets you typically write. You could ultimately come up with something better than you thought you could do. Because when you do it this way, quantity really does lead to quality. Um, This has been proven in scientific tests and in real life. So when they talk about taking massive action, this is a, a lot of that's ridiculous, mindless, um, motivational talk, but this is a form of mind, massive action that is strategic rather than mindless, and it really works. So I think that's what I got today. Um, any further thoughts? I'm going to add one, and not everybody can do this, but this is what I did. I started a podcast with the world's greatest copywriting coach, and that helped me level up massively. For those who don't have that at their disposal, subscribing to the podcast with the world's greatest copywriting coach is probably the next best option. Yeah, as far as I understand, you're you and I are stuck here. We're sort of stuck. It's like super glue. Did Did you hear about that woman who put uh, gorilla glue on her hair? We're not. And, even, yeah, we're okay. not even going to get into. We're that. not. We're not going there. Okay, enough. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes, I I agree. This this podcast can help you. Um, you have to do more than listen, but it's a really good start. In Absolutely. fact, boy, I wish I could say you just listen to this podcast and all your problems will be over. I'll say I could I said it, but not true. You the <laughs> we're gonna have to run that past our lawyers. Uh if yeah. You, if you do want to subscribe to the podcast, though, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com or just find us on your favorite podcast app. And until next time, David, I will catch you later. Yeah, catch you later. Thanks. 
Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.